Welcome back to Turf Show Times, the instant reaction show. Every week we get together and we talk about the Rams instantly to react to them. And that's no different this week as the Rams play the Houston Texans. And it just finished. And this is our instant reaction. And it gave us, surprisingly, for a preseason game, something to uh, really react to. Something to really kind of like for a game that doesn't feature very many or any Rams starters, not many role players, um, and it doesn't count. This one felt like it counted towards the end as the Rams just fall short and lose 24 to 20. The player going into the game or the players going into the game that were talked about the most, John Wolford, Lance McCutcheon, both showed out a little bit here, I think, and definitely Lance McCutcheon, five catches, 96 yards, uh, several long catches along the way, and then at the end of the game, he does not uh, get out of bounds and maybe isn't aware of the clock situation. And, you know, well, and that was it. And that was the game. So the, the Texans win 24-20. Surprising effort, I mean, by the Texans' backup quarterbacks mostly uh, in this game to do what they did in the second half. But with me for the first time and next time as well, uh, Chris Daniel, you may remember him from Turf Show Times writing Last season, he's back this season, first time on the show, and I'm really excited to talk to him because this guy knows more more about football than I'll ever know. Uh, Chris Daniel, welcome to the Instant Reaction Show. Do not sell yourself short. I appreciate the welcome. Uh, excited about the game. It definitely had uh, – it felt different than a, uh, a usual preseason game, especially at the end of the halves, both halves, really. Yeah, it was uh, the first half, you know, obviously it's different for a Rams preseason game because John Wolford was out there, which we hadn't gotten used to in a few years. And it gave us a glimpse at John Wolford as a starter. You know, let's start to get some of these instant reactions, Chris. What is your first thoughts of what you saw out of John Wolford for this half? Well, I mean, I think it's a little unfair and difficult to judge his play because we had an uneasy showing, let's say, uh, from the Rams' offensive line. In fairness to them, they were going up against the Texans' ones. Yeah. Um, and it 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 looked like they went up against the Texans' ones. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was way too many, too much pressure. Six total sacks on the game allowed. It, it Hopefully, and, and the thing to remember most about this is when we have to count on a, a reserve lineman in the game, chances are they're not actually going to be playing next to other reserve linemen. They're going to be playing along other members of our usual starting Mm -hmm. five. So I don't want to take too much away from the pressure that was allowed, but it still also, like I said, makes it difficult to judge, uh, judge Wolford too much. But what I will say is I think we are approaching a quarterback controversy. (laughs) Yeah, well, um, definitely Bryce Perkins showed out in the second half, highly efficient. Um, The offense played well, uh, and, you know, John Wolford, in any scenario where the Rams don't have Matthew Stafford, it's going to be a a dip in quality no matter what. So, And that's interesting, though, about the offensive line because – Sometimes I, it's easy to forget, you know, we focus so much on the quarterback, so much on the receivers in preseason. It's easy to forget, you know, just where, how big that drop off is from your yeah. starting offensive line to your backup offensive line 
when, you know, until you actually see them out there against players who are expected to start in the regular season. And it really was that domination. And I don't know what separates starting offensive linemen from backup offensive linemen. I don't know whether it's, you know, strength, power, technique. I mean, obviously it's a combination of all those things, but the Rams really uh, are relying heavily on their offensive line this year, the starting guys. And that's going to be without Whitworth, who was in the booth tonight. That's going to be without Austin Corbett. And that just means that we have an unknown in Coleman Shelton. Chris, last year you reviewed the offensive line every week. And so what's your review of like, the issues that plagued this offensive line tonight? What was the, the weak spot or the, the problem with technique? Like, how were they getting beat time after time? I think there was just, honestly, a different level of talent, if we're going to be honest. Again, the second team O-line versus the first team Texans D-line. And it was clear. It was clear. Um, I'm a little bit concerned if we have to dig too deep into the well, but if we're able to stay healthy um, in our initial starting five and just dip into maybe one reserve here or there, then we should be okay. But in terms of what happened tonight, it really honestly looked like the Texans wanted to get after it. It looks like, you know, everyone says when you win the Super Bowl, you're going to get every team's best shot. And it starts week one. I don't think it started week one. I think it started week two of the preseason. Yeah. The Texans really looked like they wanted to get after it today. But, I, you know, that was uh, definitely the case on defense. And I thought, you know, for as much pressure as he was under, uh, John Wolford whipped it around pretty good. I thought, you know, definitely showed off that on the run, on the move, he can make those throws. Um, maybe not necessarily all of them are very accurate. Maybe not, you know, it's not necessarily he's not moving the chains. you know, in a regular season situation, how often is he going to move the chains? We've seen that in the regular season. I don't know why, I don't know how it's going to be very different the next time he goes out there. And, you know, this was, uh, what, what, how do you feel in terms of um, what the Rams are really because Coleman Shelton's a guy that has stepped up from yeah. these guys who were in the preseason to now being a starter. Um, did you see anybody maybe individually, or do you think maybe anyone, anyone individually uh, could be on that path uh, as far as the, the reserves? Cause I, I don't know if it was, it's kind of, obviously it's also difficult to judge right. in these situations. Right. So I, I feel like, I feel like AJ Curie looked pretty good um i liked what i saw there and even in andrew whitworth said you know we haven't mentioned his name very much tonight and that's a good start there yeah um i feel like he i i want to see more of him i really want to see more of him i think he did a really good job uh and the expectations aren't very high there but if he if he keeps and he, he was a little had a little rough outing a little bit against the Chargers, but if he continues to stack good games like this, where he's got one more opportunity next week, um, he's got a chance. He's got a chance. I really like what I saw there. Um, And like I said earlier, going up against more talented rushers than he's probably used to seeing, um, it, it really is good for all the offensive line. 
backups to get reps against these other team starters. Yeah. That's why I love the way the Rams approach the preseason because our backups are getting live game reps against other team starters. I thought that was good too. You know, I, and I, I saw some frustration in the comments of uh, turf show times with regards to getting kind of manhandled at times yeah. by starters. And I thought, well, this is what's going to happen. You got to face these guys in the Absolutely. games that matter. So, you know, get your, get your wounds in, in a preseason right. situation. Right. Um, get it on tape so it can get coached up and fixed. If you're absolutely, gonna, if you're going to have bad showings, now is the time. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I think like for some of these players, coaches understand, you know, what the situation in the scenario is. And yeah, they want to see those mistakes so that they can start talking about right. them now. And obviously the Rams take the long approach with developing prospects two, three, sometimes four years. Speaking of which. The Rams offensive line starting unit, just to go over it, left tackle A.J. Jackson, um, Tremaine Ankrum at guard, Col uh, not Colin Shelton, um, Col Cologne at center, and then Logan Bruss at right guard, and Logan Bruss exiting with an injury. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on the Logan Bruss injury? So uh, I don't think from what I'm seeing on Twitter from uh, Jordan Roderick, excuse me, it it's – Promising that he returned to the field. He was on the sideline uh, on the bench with some of the uh, off offensive linemen. Hopefully there's not an injury. I don't want there to even be an injury where he misses a single game because he needs to get those reps in. It hasn't been a great start for him, um, but he's got to get, he's just got to get adjusted. You know, he's just got to get adjusted. He's got to learn that scheme. He's got to rely more on what got him to the dance. He's getting he's getting bull rushed a bit. I'm not yeah. fired up about just his anchor. He he's getting pushed back into the lap of the quarterback. Um, got to get that stuff fixed. And again, like we said earlier, it's on film now. Opportunities to get it corrected, and hopefully he doesn't miss much time because he needs the reps at practice and he needs the reps in game. And it, it was also pretty clear because he is the one playing in preseason and that guard competition, that right guard competition seems to be sold up already. Yeah, that's true. And I think that, you know, Logan Bruss, not the best night and, you know, but as a third round pick, his job is safe yeah. to his right. Bobby Evans was a third round pick. His job not so safe. Thoughts on Bobby Evans? So um, I'm going to be up front. I've <laughs> never been a huge fan of Bobby Evans. Now, what's the thing that most do you think uh, prevents you from being a fan of Bobby Evans? I haven't seen much good tape on him. Mm -hmm. You know, every time I see him, every time I watch him for me personally, I'm drawn to him because I'm expecting to see things that I've seen from the past. Just, yeah, I haven't seen him step up and manhandle anyone on a consistent basis. And I don't feel like we're going to be able to get any push behind him in the run game. Um, I don't want to sound too negative. So what do you, <laughs> do you jump in here? Cause I know you're pretty positive, <laughs> but also honest, do you have any takeaways? From, uh, yeah, I mean, anyone specific? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was definitely a, a, a wake up call to you know just 
the depth at the offensive line and knowing, hey, Joseph Noteboom's first time out there as a left tackle um, and has not had a, a perfect track record of health. So, you know, then you have to consider, okay, what's the second option at left tackle? Somehow that doesn't seem too bad as even though it's the most, you know, important position on the offensive line, I think interior wise, maybe that's where the Rams could run into more trouble because they've already got, you know, some, you know, some changes going on, maybe some questionable. We just haven't seen Coleman Shelton out there every week as a starter. And I don't know like how Brian Allen is going to play this season. It's going to be different every year with every player to some degree. So knowing what's behind those guys and seeing how they played against the Texans, which maybe the strength of the Texans is the defensive line. You know, it's like that was maybe, maybe if the Texans, you take that entire defensive line and you put them on, you know, uh, the saints or whatever, or, uh, the, the box or some other team, we'd go, that's a strength, you know? Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, Texans are a bad team. And, that was it would have been nicer to have seen a different performance uh by you know by pretty much any of these players um and yeah i think that the biggest concern was probably logan bruss and just uh there was that expectation out of the draft that he was going to be the starter you know right i i remember <laughs> i was i was pretty fired up about the pick uh, at the time yeah not, i mean and i'm not going to bounce off the pick already nothing like that no. But yeah, there were expectations that hey, maybe we have a day one starter here. Yeah. There was that expectation it sounded like on the Rams end, it sounded like, you know, which even though we know by now that the Rams so rarely play rookies. Right. Um and but we just also knew that that right guard spot was open, um but similar to Brian Allen a year ago, kind of just a surprise like, no, we already did figure that out. We're going with someone that we already have and you'll like it. You know, that's kind of where the Rams stand. <laughs> yeah, um, that's exactly the, the is what seems like the process, the thought process. Yeah. But, but uh, at the same time, we always come into the off, come into the season worried, somewhat worried about the offensive line. But for the most part, McVay always finds a way to get that unit playing and get mm-hmm. it playing at least well enough to win a game. I mean, abs- I mean, yes. I mean, even, uh, you know, the worst being what, 2019, yeah. uh, <laughs> not a good season, but still a nine and seven season. Right. And it was know? a super, not that's a real super bowl hangover. When you lose the super bowl, yeah. putting in all that work, I expect a team to drop off in most phases after losing the super bowl. So I wasn't, even shocked to see a performance like that it just comes with that disappointment i don't believe that the rams offensive line or any particular unit in general this year or as a team is going to have a super bowl hangover after winning it this team is fired up and ready to go and the offensive line will get coached up and the starting five will be ready to go come buffalo you know, we could express, uh, yeah, there's a, I think there's potential strength that obviously with the offensive line, there's, there's obviously a strength with a lot of starters on the Rams. It's the depth that we get to talk about during the preseason and with the play of the offensive line, obviously that hurts us being able to analyze the play of the receivers and the running backs and the quarterback. But 
it didn't seem like we saw a lot of like necessarily Sunday stuff out of Jake Funk, right. Raymond Cly. Um, so the health and the dependability of Cam Akron's Daryl Henderson, neither of whom are healthy right now, uh, seems to be even more important. And Kyron Williams just coming back. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the running back situation right now? I got an unpopular opinion here. Okay, perfect. I, I, I'd like to place a call out to Malcolm Brown. <laughs> I got- know, I know what I'm getting out of him. He's not going to set the world on fire. But he's familiar with the scheme. He's a vet. He's going to give you some tough yards. Behind Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, we have a lot of question marks. Now, I'm fired up about Kyron Williams. Jake Funk. Jake Funk, I feel like he runs hard. I feel like he wouldn't necessarily be someone I would be comfortable with just straight carrying the load if we had to go down to our third string running back which i feel like he's he's penciled in as the third third string guy um and we have seen the position the running back position stack up some injuries and and part of that is just the nature of the beast the nature of the position but the Rams have had to find ways to make that running back position work um cam makers missed all last season let's just go ahead and say missed all last season yeah give him credit for doing the unthinkable and coming back and actually playing after tearing his Achilles uh, right before the start of the season. Daryl Henderson filled in very well, but also he tends to find himself uh, nursing some injuries. We're going to miss Sony Michelle, I think. Um, I really was fired up about that trade to bring him in uh, last minute. I wouldn't be surprised if we added a running back because i just don't me personally i'm not a hundred percent confident in what's behind our co-starting yeah right now yeah it's uh it's it's one of those situations where it would be just really great to see cam Akers. you know just we don't even have to talk about this you know go right. out there play the whole year i don't believe uh correct me if i'm wrong i don't believe he has like an injury history you know prior to no, missing the year so hopefully that's that's you know he's all right to just go out there because i think he can be a much better back than anyone really is led to believe at this point just because we haven't seen a lot we haven't seen like more than four or five games in a row of cam Akers. so right. Um, and the last thing we saw obviously the play in general was not good as, as the running game uh in the playoffs but the depth there, definitely some concern. The depth that quarterback concerns for every team. The depth that offensive line, maybe the, the Rams are just kind of like not in that period of the curve to feel good about their depth with offensive line because sometimes when you have Joseph Nopum and Andrew Whitworth and, you know, some of the, and, and you know, ready, you have David Edwards ready to step into left guard. You have some of these guys uh, who've been ready to step in. That's great. This time it seems like maybe it's, they're just not in that zone, that groove of the curve right now with the offensive line development. Right. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. And as you said, like getting them around, if you had just had to plug in one player to the starting offensive line, it's, it's a totally different situation. Right. Um, we're going to get to the depth at wide receiver because that's pretty much the competitions that everyone's going to talk about and be oh, yeah. very controversial. Um, tight end, though. Bryson Hopkins, I don't know if he's ever, ever played this much before in his life. Uh, at least not. Nah, he did in college. Obviously, he got quite a lot of, of reps, but it feels like, okay, he got what he has six catches, 41 yards. 
John Wolford, that was his guy, probably his guy in practice for the last two years, I guess, maybe. That's a good point. Uh, you know, so he's out there getting a lot of reps. Kendall Blanton didn't get any. Uh, I don't think he got a target. He did have a penalty. Um, so, uh, but, but I don't know, like Roger Carter, obviously he didn't make a tight end of play, but he, he made a special teams play there it's and there's been talk just, about him almost just as important this time of year. Yeah. I mean, and like, there's that versatility there with Roger Carter. I understand, you know, uh, that he could play sort of multiple back roles for the, uh, for a team, but right. Pretty difficult. Do you see anybody other than the main, the normal three tight ends making the roster? No, I feel like we're going to basically return to what we had last year at tight end position. And I'm comfortable with that. It should be. Uh, I think that going to a situation where if Kendall Blanton or Bryson Hopkins had to start, we saw in the Super Bowl, that's okay. Right. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's talk about it. You know, obviously Allen Robinson and Cooper cup and Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell and Ben Scournick and Brandon Powell aren't out there. Gotta be safe. They're safe. And they gotta be safe. Six receivers already talked about. Now you got Lance McCutcheon. Uh, and then, you know, beyond Lance McCutcheon, Austin Trammell's making a lot of catches. I don't know that he's got any chance of making the roster, but definitely the practice squad. And then Jacob Harris is the one that's probably going to be the most controversial, whether he gets in or out. Um, Jacob Harris got a little bit of run tonight. Obviously, Lance McCutcheon starred out up until the last play. Do you make, does Lance McCutcheon make this roster? New man law. Any 53 man articles need to have Lance McCutcheon in there. I'm sold. I don't, I don't like to be the guy that overreacts. And I may be overreacting along with the rest of the Ramley out there. He has to make this squad. You know, after I, I wasn't familiar with him prior to last week. And then I went back and watched, you know, just college highlights. And obviously, they're highlights. They're supposed to make you look good. But what he was doing, he was a consistent catch point monster. He is going after that ball in the air. And he refuses to come down without it and you go back and you look at his highlights from the game last week it's the exact same thing so that means that's just the type of player he is he goes up after that ball when the ball is in the air and it's 50 50 it's not really 50 50 with him it's at least 75 25 he wants that ball he i believe he's going to make this 53 yeah, you know, I don't know that uh, I, you know, I've been doing this for a while and I've seen a lot of, I always, you know, have a vitriol, a hate for, you know, the overreactions to preseason and real and like trying to like shake it out of people and say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't really usually see players like Lance McCutcheon, you know, kind of play this this way in the preseason without having a future. You know, th this is now a level that goes a little bit beyond he's dominating backups. You know, right. this is this is now going into a level of, OK, for two preseason games here, whether he plays for Bryce Perkins or John Wolford, whether Wolford's under duress with his pressure or whatever, no matter what's coming at there. He's making a play. And like you said, like he's getting the ball, he's playing, he's got everything, all their attributes. I love, I love it when a guy is 
quote unquote red flag is played at a small school, you yeah. know, because that is one thing that it's just like, great. I mean, all of the greatest wide receivers played at small schools, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Cooper Cup. I mean, the list goes on. It's this thing where, you know, you can kind of just be in that situation where you fly under the radar, not going to, you know, one of the big schools or whatever, or there's circumstances that put you into a, a smaller school program. There's all kinds of situations where it happens, but I can believe I can get on board with the idea that a really good football player was overlooked in the recruiting process because it happens to them all. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you can just keep you on going the down team, the list. Look at the players on the team right now. All you have to do is look at the current wide receiver room and look at Cooper Cup. Yeah, absolutely. That's all, you, that's all you need to do. The thing that we need to that that's going to help me catch every damn thing because that is his new name. Is <laughs> is he? Can he contribute on special teams? Because we're seeing what he's doing in the preseason. That's not going to be his role if he makes the 53. If he makes the 53, his role is going to be on special teams. If he makes the 53, we're going to not want to see him play. Because if he's playing in the regular season, then something has gone horribly wrong. You know, I'll throw this in there, though. I'll throw this. If even though I do agree he needs to create uh, more on his resume besides the thing that we all love him to watch him do, but he can't do on the Rams right now. And we know what that is. We can't, he can't go out there and take Cooper cup or Allen Robinson's role. He's got three guys, three other guys ahead of him two, three other guys. And so it's just not going to happen this year, but I will say this. If you cut him, he's not going to the practice squad. No. I think that that is enough now and we know that historically what happens if you cut him, he's going to the Seahawks probably with their seven yes. and 10 record. They should be high enough on the waiver wire to have a pretty good shot. They have really big issues at wide receiver depth. He could actually get involved there. He could get involved on a number of teams. You know, yeah. I think there's no way similar to uh, a Danny Amendola, I guess, or um, Wayne. I don't know. I'm just running through some names yeah, here with Wayne Quebec guys, guys that got cut. Wes Welker and then moved around and they became great, great players. So, you know, I don't want to, you, you don't want to overreact and put Lance McCutcheon up there yet, but I know for a fact he'll get picked up. So if you cut him, that's the risk that you're taking. If you cut Jacob Harris, I don't think that that's a risk. Agreed. Agreed. And now shout out to Jacob Harris because he laid someone out um, <laughs> this, this game, which led to time for, uh, rice workers move around and find the catch every damn thing, and it, it it was it was really cool, and interesting just to see those two shine on one particular play. But at the end of the day, we haven't seen Jacob Harris do anything substantial. No disrespect, obviously, but we haven't seen him do anything substantial in any preseason game we've we've seen, and right. um. It was it was interest it was an interesting point that Kevin Demoff said during the during the broadcast. He said that the Rams usually use the first year, the rookie year, as almost a red shirt all the way through. And then they expect to see the growth in the second year and the second preseason. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen that from Jacob Harris. Now he he got right. hurt. He he he's and he's he gets dinged up a little bit, right? McCutcheon 
is shining two weeks in a row out at the end of the game of course you want him in a real life situation get out of bounds i was screaming get up field because i wanted him to get 100 yards. <laughs> 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 he was too short i think he finished with 98 five yep. 98 yards i wanted him to get those two extra yards i've <laughs> i think i don't want to say there's something special there because I don't want to just throw that word around, but there's something very intriguing about how the moment doesn't seem too big for him at all. Like, I don't yeah. see any nerves. I don't see any fear. And there is no fear because when you have a receiver that's more of a more of a high point, go get that ball type of player, they're used to contact at the point of the reception, as soon as they get the ball, he doesn't have any fear of going to get the ball. He doesn't, I don't think he has a fear of the moment to go. I, I believe I was watching, um, watching a clip on Twitter and it was like, you go from such a small school. And just like you said, that's easy to say, all oh, the virus, they went to a small school and kind of dismiss them. But you go from small school to the Super Bowl champion in that stadium and you mm. ball out two weeks in a row mm. he's those those nerves are gone that's a great point those nerves yeah. are gone. i don't want to see him play next week <laughs> that's really that's really uh it's hard to argue with in this moment you know it, and i wonder because i know that on the broadcast again you know they talked about how sean McVay said we want to see him do stuff off of the catch you know not when he's getting the ball so i don't know how that's going to go in the evaluation process what it is that they how they felt about his run blocking or whatever you know how they felt about his route running we'll find out um, over the next, you know, whenever Sean McVay, because if he comes out and says, yeah, we're not playing him this week, he's made the roster and he's the type, you know, McVay would do that. We would maybe give it an idea, but that's really uh, a great point. Just going from playing at that, uh, South Dakota, what South, Montana South Dakota, State? what is it? Montana what, state. Montana state? <laughs> Hey, when you when you're showing up on the stage right away out of nowhere, you have to forgive me, Lance. Uh, but we do we, we are here in your in your corner. Um, yeah, it was Montana State. Montana you. State, right? So yeah, I think that's a great idea. And again, you know, if you had, because obviously I don't want to say that I, I I also don't like it when people may say like, well, he's around. You know, it's like if a quarterback is around Tom Brady, he'll be around one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, no quarterback has ever gotten better because they were around Tom Brady. It's never happened. And so maybe with in certain cases, it is true. You know, maybe Joseph Nopum having Andrew Whitworth for four years, you know, that's going to pay off. And right. I think if you've got the talent, that's when it really pays off. So if the Rams did find a diamond in the rough with Lance McCutcheon surrounded by Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and getting his throws from Matthew Stafford in front of instead of what we're seeing. I mean, you, you put him in that situation where it's like, oh, shit, you know, week 15 this year, the, the Rams need a starting wide receiver. Lance McCutcheon goes out there. If he's productive in that moment, then it's like, wow, the Rams have another one, you know? At, at that point, then the deal that's coming for less need, you throw a bonus on top of it. And whoever found, whoever discovered, I don't want to say discovered, whoever 
was responsible for bringing Lance McCutcheon to the table and saying, hey, let's go after this guy as an undrafted free agent, give him a raise too. Put his parking <laughs> spot a little bit closer to the front door. Um, we're giving Lance McCutcheon a pat on, pat on the back. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I'm so happy that Austin Trammell is playing for the Rams and making catches. You know, Landon Akers wasn't making no catches tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Landon Akers. You were, you were starring out last year in the preseason. You haven't had quite as strong a preseason. We haven't heard from JJ Koski. and Austin Trammell. He's the last guy in the room and he comes in and he's getting all these, uh, this attention. He's getting shout outs on the broadcast, you know, like I think from Whitworth saying that they really like Austin Trammell. You know, this was a guy that coming out of rice last year, I'm doing my searches. I'm trying to find out, is there, is there someone out there that's being overlooked? I'm trying to like, you know, I've got my, I'm not a scout. I'm not an expert, but I have my methods of trying to find guys who I think will stand out and with Trammell, I think it was his pro day measurables. And, you know, cause he's coming out of rice. There was, he played three games before he, uh, in his final year or something like that. And he had six touchdowns in those three games, absolutely dominant whenever he was on the field, then he had the good numbers, then he had the good measurables. And I thought, well, worst case scenario, well, this guy's not going to get drafted. Worst case scenario, go sign this guy and just see what you have. He went to the Falcons. And now here he is a year later with the Rams. And I, like I said, I don't see any way for him to make the roster, but he's definitely going to get to the practice squad, I think. Uh, obviously, in this pre preseason situation, and, and he's just being fed the ball, and that, that excites me because, like I said, four catches. I think he had three catches last week. And he just got – he's the last guy in the room. So any thoughts on Trammell? Um, I think you always – not necessarily in terms of a play style, but just in terms of uh, situationally, I, I'm drawn back to to was it Lance? Spru no, it wasn't Lance Spruce, but uh, Spruce. A couple of uh, when we first came, Nelson back Spruce. Nelson Spruce. Nelson Spruce looked <laughs> really good in the preseason, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, we didn't we didn't keep him even on the practice squad, did we? It's been it's been. Did it's been some time, but I feel kind of the same thing here. I, I feel like he's going to make the practice squad. Just like you said, there's just, there's basically no possibility for him to make the 53 because yeah. you've got such a deep room. That is yeah. a deep room on this Rams team. And then I don't want to throw his name out there, but I have to. Let's say we get OBJ back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that room is just loaded with weapons. That's a hard room to crack. So it, it's it's going to best case scenario for him at this point is going to be practice squad. It's crazy to think about how the Rams are going to utilize all these players game to game. You know, yeah. uh, you've got the offensive player of the year. You've got Allen Robinson in his own right. You know, if Allen Robinson was just the number one unquestioned receiver on the Rams, he could catch 120 passes this year, you know? And so obviously he's not. And so he's not going to do that. Um, but he's going to be very productive. And then, you know, Tutu Atwell, they talk about him like he's going to be the, 
you know, the, the weapon that they expected when they drafted him. And, and we'll see how that bears out in the regular season. But they seem very excited about Tutu Atwell. They also seem very excited about Ben Scourneck. And, you know, Van Jefferson is an 800-yard player who's just kind of waiting in the wings because he of his injury. The, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Well, if he, you know, it's, it's, this is his opportunity again to, to prove that, you know, he's being overlooked because if you, if you show out as the number three receiver in this offense, you know, that's going to be quite an accomplishment of, uh, you know, to say I was ahead of these guys, all these guys, Lance McCutcheon, Tutu Atwell, Ben Scourneck, you know, uh, so Van Jefferson holding them off would be. Yeah. And then, and then let's not forget last year, you know, everyone, including myself, was excited to get Deshaun Jackson and bring him in. Oh, we got a big time deep threat now. And Van Jefferson basically says, no, no, don't get on the field. I got. <laughs> yeah. This. Yeah. Know? Very good. So, I mean, he, he slept on, he is slept on. And I feel like that's a, that's a dangerous top three. You know, you put mm-hmm. Cup Robinson in Jefferson. Then of course you got to consider Higby at the tight end. You know, that that's that's a dangerous receiving core. You know, with uh, and we'll see how Liam Cohen plans to do all this offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, his one year at Kentucky, Wandale Robinson, very similar to Tutu Atwell, killed it. You know, uh, one of the most productive players in the nation. Now, Wandale Robinson is set to start for the New York Giants. Um, and play a role there as a rookie, apparently. And Tutu Atwell having an opportunity like that in Cohen's offense right now, and Jefferson, and Robinson, and Cup, and Higby, and Cam Akers, and, and we'll see how this all fits together. Let's look at the other side of the ball. The name that I think stood out the most. There was quite a there was a, quite a few, uh, but the names that the name that I felt stuck out the most on defense was Jonah Williams, um, a guy that has made the roster before and with Sebastian Joseph day kind of graduating and, and Greg Gaines moving up, maybe Jonah Williams can take the Greg Gaines role as being like, I'm going to be the next generation behind this. What did you think about Jonah Williams in the defensive line? He looks ready. He looks ready. He broke out a Dwight Freeney spin move. All right. Finished with the sack and the strip. And then he made plays against the run too. He was solid. I like him. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. And I do I agree with you because there's always that next up, that next guy up, that next guy up on that defensive line, that defensive front. And I agree with you. I believe he might be that guy, that next guy up. Uh, Bobby Brown is missing valuable time. Yeah, exactly. Valuable time. And Jonah Williams is taking full advantage of it. Is there any, um, you know, uh, thought on a another defensive lineman? I didn't come away from this game with any other defensive lineman sort of uh, checkbox checkbox for me. Marquis Copeland, Michael Hoyt, Ernest Brown, Elijah Garcia just recently signed T.J. Carter, but um, Williams was the one that I came away with. Were there, were there any others that stood out for you? Um, not necessarily that stood out, um, but what I will say stood out individually but what i will say is the units stood out the defense in that first half was playing lights out and again say just say like yeah they gave up zero points until the final play basically right and and in in that final play that final drive really if you 
And I, that, that final drive padded those numbers, and it actually got the Texans going, and they were able to ride that momentum a little bit. But imagine that game without that final drive in the first half. That was a dominant performance by a second-team defense. They only allowed 34 rushing yards in the first half. They yeah. came ready to play. And he stood out to me individually, but I like them as a unit. That that defense, I'm 100% confident in the depth all across the board of our defense. And that secondary they are going to have some tough decisions to make in that secondary. Yeah, it's uh, there were it was just play after play. Uh, I, I was meant to say player after player. You know, just like it's hard to decide which one I'm supposed to highlight. You know, because it's really going to be the toughest area of the team, maybe out next to wide receiver, to start to cut down and be like, well, who can we get to the practice squad? Because I don't know if we can keep seven cornerbacks. The, the, obviously, the Rams aren't playing Ramsey, Hill, and Long. And Robert Rochelle, you know, with the, as you said, and as Demoff said, this is his breakout year. He came out and he played tonight to break out. You know, I think is definitely that moment for Robert Rochelle to say, yeah, I'm number four, I guess. But then Kobe Durant saying, no, you're not. And then Derek right. Kendrick says, I'm number four. You know, so it's like they've got three guys competing behind the, the starting three. And that's six. Most teams are pretty much full up at six. And then, you know, that's even kind of pushing it. And you've got Russ Yeast, um, who had the penalty uh, on the on the helmet to helmet. But I like the idea. I like what he's doing on the play. He just didn't execute it properly. Um, and that's all that really is to say about that. What we didn't. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that final drive? Because that was one for Davis Mills, where prior to that, I mean, I was saying to myself, there, I know that there are fan, there are people that go. Well, Davis Mills doesn't look too bad, and and I under, I agree with the notion that to play for the Texans last year and to not do horribly for a third round rookie is very impressive. Okay. But based on his first half tonight, up until that final drive, I'm going, damn, they're giving him most of the starting offense against the Rams backups, and they have zero points. And then he has that final drive, and you go, okay, this guy maybe he does have a live arm, maybe he does have some level of like touch and confidence and poise and everything like that. But it was, you know, two really great plays by his wide receivers mm -hmm. to, you know, pretty good coverage on both plays. What were your thoughts on that final drive for Davis Mills? Um, if I'm a Texans fan, I'm still honestly concerned. Uh, and my expectations uh, will remain rooted in reality. They're, they're not going to be a team that, you know, obviously fights for a playoff spot um, just on paper. Um, I feel like that was more of a confidence for him and his offensive coaches. After that drive, let's get him out of the game. Let's get some let's start getting some of these guys out of the game because we don't want to put some more bad film on top of that. We don't want to sandwich that good film inside uh, two bad pieces of bread. Once that drive and that penalty, like the penalty and the catch, I, I think that was like a total of 40 something yards just in that transaction. If you took that, the, the, yeah. the play um, to who was it? Uh, Dorsett. Was it Philip Dorsett? Philip Dorsett made the catch, right. which was yeah, unbelievable. 
That was a great catch. That was a great catch. Way to get that second foot inbounds. And then you add 15 yards on it. That's a, a 40-yard swing. So even within that one drive that they had at the end of the half, it was really complemented by one chunk of 40-plus yards. It, I'm, I would not walk away from that uh, with high hopes if I'm a Texans fan. Yeah, I'm, I think that's true. I'm still in the, the the mindset of just like on the flip side where we're a little bit down on the offensive line, but giving them credit because they played against the ones. This backup unit for the Rams said, no, sir, we are going to give you everything that you can handle in this first half. And they yeah. really did. They were feisty. They were feisty. <laughs> and then um, the Kobe Durant, in my opinion, that 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 play in the first quarter, uh, in the first half, I want to go back. I want to see if that was actually a fumble. They ruled it. The play was over. Knee was down, whatever the case may be. I'm not convinced that the Rams shouldn't have another forced fumble on their ledger. Yeah. That defense, I'm fired up about the defense. I'm fired up about the defense uh, in the rest of the preseason, and I'm fired up about the defense heading into the season. Yeah, I got a little bit more, you know, thinking about seeing the guys on the sidelines too, which I think is another, it's almost like another, it's like a psychological tactic almost by McVeigh. even though I think it's not a psychological tactic. I think it's just a byproduct and the psychology of it. Maybe I'm just thinking about or overthinking about right now, but I think if I'm looking at the Rams, I'm just going, so this is the Rams with none of their players. And then you look right. at the sidelines and you go like, oh, man, there's Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford. They don't want to play any of those guys. You know, it's right. like they just got all these guys waiting in the wings. So last year, looking last year, sometimes that's because they're good. Sometimes you're going at like, oh, wow, they must be really high on Troy Reader and Kenny Young. And, then, you know, they come out and maybe they don't necessarily hold those roles for the whole year, let's just say. Right. Um, and so, like, it's a psychological psych out almost to know that, anybody out there you get kind of like hyped up on it and the way that they were talking about some of these guys and the the, the the change that you'll have with bobby wagner as the inside linebacker you know was another reason to think man if psychologically any team that's going to face the rams they don't have any preseason team to watch they're just hearing like oh yeah they've got bobby wagner and jalen ramsey and aaron donald and you know Nick Scott, and you're going like, well, what about Nick Scott? It's like, I don't know, but he looks good over there next to Jalen Ramsey. He's like, yeah. he seems fired up and ready to go, you know. So that's it's funny keeping off all those players off of the field. Nick Scott will forever be known as Brick Scott after that hit on Debo Samuel. His name is mm. Brick Scott. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not a lot. Of, that's one of the things that everybody wants is, I think, mm. lay out Debo Samuel right now in a positive football way. I mean, of you know? course. <laughs> within the rules of the game within the rules um speaking of laying players out that's something that pass rushers tend to do um we had daniel hardy make another sack tonight we had keir thomas uh regularly making plays and he's been getting more more and more shout out shout outs uh and that is a position of note you know again you don't really get to see terrell lewis and justin holland you just have to hear legends about them and we'll see whether or not those uh legends come true in the regular season but did you feel like daniel hardy or keir thomas or any of the edge rushers that played tonight could challenge to play opposite of leonard floyd 
I don't think that they'll be playing opposite of Leonard Floyd if if the injury bugs don't take uh, don't take root at that position. But I do like Daniel Hardy. He ca- he came close a few times last week. It was good to see him get that finish today. Get a sack. Um, I like where our where our edge rush is at because you know you said we are getting reports of Justin Hollins and Terrell Lewis doing big things at camp. But let's not forget Justin Hollins was having a good season before he went down last year. When Terrell Lewis is on the field, he pops off the tape. So yeah. that position group again is honestly it's it's still deep. It's still deep. Then we still have Chris Garrett in the wings waiting. I mean, and I like Chris Garrett. I'm a I'm a I'm a believer that if he gets his opportunity to get some action, um, watch out. Another small school, small school guy, but I believe that that defense, and of course, you're playing with the Aaron Donald effect. So everybody around that edge is going to have an opportunity to be successful. And not only yeah. just the Aaron Donald effect anymore, because now teams have to consider great games as a force and i'd be i'd be out of pocket if i didn't also bring in a sean robinson because i feel like he was kind of the secret sauce that made that thing go towards the end of the season and into the playoff he's like an unsung hero those guys playing in the middle and then of course leonard floyd on the opposite side whoever does take hold of that other edge rusher position is going to be in great position but out of the guys today, Daniel Hardy, he he has something. I think he has something. Yeah, I think that uh, at least, you know, um, it's unfortunate for Chris Garrett that he's not able to compete and uh, put his name back in there. Uh, and I think just comparing preseason to preseason, maybe we are seeing a bit more from Daniel Hardy this time around. Um, and, I, you know, I hate to compare guys just because they, are, they have so many things in common. But, you know, those are the guys kind of competing. Uh, last thing that we could talk about before we get out of here, uh, did Terrell Burgess help his case very much tonight? He had he had a better game than he did last week, in my opinion. Uh, he made a lot of early on plays with getting guys off the field on third down. He prevented a, first, a short first down earlier in the game. He had a better game. Um, I think he definitely rebounded strongly, and I feel like, that film from last week wasn't pleasant. You know, even going back to the season, to last season, we had to call a guy that was retired. We had to reach out to Eric Weddle. That lets you know right there what the confidence in Terrell Burgess was at that point in time. So yeah. he's fighting for a spot, in my opinion. He, he's fighting for a spot. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know exactly where the other safeties on the roster um, are viewed in McVeigh's eyes. We know the three who don't play in the preseason. And then we know that Burgess was out there. We know that Quentin Lake is kind of waiting in the wings on PUP. Um, We heard a little bit from Dan Isom and J. Ron McVeigh on Friday night. But as far as, yeah, all those little roles, he everybody, each one of those guys has to come out next week and sort of do it again and uh, prove which one of them is the depth. There is one more thing, I guess, similar to uh, Chinatown. Uh, the two Jakes uh, is uh, Jake Jervis and Jake Hummel. 
we would presumably maybe one of those guys is going to be making the roster behind Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner, Traven Howard on the PUP. Um, the two Jakes, either one of those guys could make the roster. Have you thought about Jake Gervais uh, or Jake Hummel lately? If, if I'm going to be honest, I haven't. And the reason why is because the Rams have proven to be able to make it work around the middle linebacker. So I have not honestly been paying too much attention to that position in the preseason. I'm looking at everything around it to see how it works. Uh, now, he, Jake DeRacy, he led the team in tackles tonight, four tackles, you know. So he's getting to the ball. He's getting yeah. to the ball. Uh, Jake Homo, three tackles. So they're they're getting good film. I didn't see the good thing about it is I didn't notice them yeah. in a negative light, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, in the past, uh, prior to Bobby Wagner uh, from the middle linebacker position, can we work around it? And I feel like either one of those guys on the back end of the roster, maybe I'm okay with that. I mean, we won the, we won the Super Bowl with play from Troy Reader having. Uh, basically almost every down roll at certain yeah. points in the season. So I'm not too concerned about either one of those guys in the negative light. If we can do it with Troy Reader, I was not a big fan of Troy Reader. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we'll be fine with either one of those two guys on the back end of the roster. If we keep an extra middle linebacker, because we we're, we're stacked there now too. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. defense is loaded. The defense, defense looks really good. Yes, this defense, I'm going to throw it out there. I expect this defense to obviously be better this than last year's defense. I'm expecting defense to the defense to almost almost return to a number 1 first-ranked defense in in some of these categories. You're not going to run the ball up the gut this year. Not that you even ran the ball up the gut that much last year, but you you're going to run right into Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner? No, you're not. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this defense is loaded. Middle line. Yeah, all three levels. Back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's very uh, – they know how to cover their bases. You know, Les Snead, Sean McVay, uh, and for the starters on either side of the ball. Feels like a team that just won the Super Bowl and wants to do it again. So right. – you know, despite losing to the Texans in a preseason contest, I think the te uh, the Rams kind of won in another way. You know, they 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 were up. You know, their backups were beating the Texans starters in the first half, and if you gave them another half, both sides could have very well won this game. And even if the Texans are the worst team in the league, that's still like a college beating the worst team in the league. So, right. you know, the the Rams uh, definitely have some things to take away from tonight to feel very good about despite the loss. It be some really good things. Like we're look at how much we're gushing over the play of some of these cornerbacks and Lance McCutcheon. And so other than the offensive line and a few other things, uh, a lot of good takeaways from this game. And that is our instant reaction with me this week and moving forward, Chris Daniel, you can find him on turf show times. You can find his articles there. Find his, uh, find him right here on the show uh, which you can find on YouTube at turf show times, uh, the 
one of the channels there uh, and on a podcast, just search Turf Show Times on your podcast apps. You can listen to us there and hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the previews and the instant reaction show. Chris, before we go, next week, uh, Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl rematch, all everything's on the line. Joint practices, too. Joint practices, NFL Network, final score prediction for a preseason game between the Rams and the Bengals. Um, I'm going to go Rams. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 23-10. I think it I think it gets away from him in the fourth for the Bengals. There you go, 23-10. I uh, we're trying to yeah, let's say uh you know, this could be a, I think it's actually going to be a 17-17 tie. Oh, if you call <laughs> that shot. <laughs> if you call that shot, you got it. We haven't had a preseason tie yet this year, but uh there is no overtime, so I'm giving it that my uh, shot. Uh, that's it for this episode of Turf Show Times. Hit subscribe. Go to turfshowtimes.com. Find us on Twitter. All that good stuff. And we'll be back next time talking about Rams versus Bengals. <laughs>